and welcome to This Week Explained. I am Tiana. And I'm Kerbin. And today we will be discussing the big geopolitical events of the week. But first, we want to thank all of you for continuing to listen and support and engage on these stories that we discuss. Um, We will continue to try to provide the most pertinent news without a lot of the bias involved in the major media corporations. We know we aren't completely unbiased in what we say we do have a lot of opinions but we want you to make form your own opinion yeah that's based a good on point. the facts it's pertinent news it's not yeah. just everything that's going on it's what we think will affect the geopolitical spectrum uh, in the future and that's what we want to talk about yeah and like i said we aren't perfectly uh, <laughs> we're human <laughs> Yeah, we're human beings, and we have opinions on things, as I'm sure you do. And, you know, we don't expect you to agree with us on everything. But, you know, we're, we're trying over here. And we appreciate yeah. the support we get. Especially despite... from people who have differing opinions. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, well, we have a lot to yeah. get through. <laughs> yeah, So, I, I mean, we just wanted to make sure, I mean, just let everybody know that we're thankful. We're thankful for every single one of you guys. Yes, definitely. But um, without further ado, let's get to the news stories. What is on your radar this week? All right. Obviously, Russia, Ukraine. That's always obviously. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we'll we'll get into Sweden and Finland, which is getting closer to NATO approval. Uh, we're going to update the Brittany Griner case of mm-hmm. the WNBA player that uh, was arrested in Russia. I also have an update that we haven't talked about in the pre-production. So okay. I'll I'll spit that one out at the end of that segment. Okay. Now there were one billion Chinese people whose information was hacked, and uh, about seven hundred fifty thousand have been released the of the information of seven hundred fifty thousand individuals. Oh, uh, we'll get into ooh. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the FBI and the MI five do a first their first joint warning about Chinese spying. Uh. Then we have Iran, who either did or did not detain a British diplomat, among other (laughs) people. Uh Uh, And in this week's segment of extremism in the United States, we're going to talk about the mass shooter. As everybody who listens to this probably knows, uh, the U.S. has dealt with uh, a a lot of more than one mass shooting a day. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into that. And you might say, well, what does that have to do with extremism in the United States? We will get into that and some of the new terminologies being used. Okay. And then this week's History's Mysteries, which will be quite brief because we have a lot to get into. Uh, and it's uh, one that I think is kind of fun and informative and interesting. <laughs> and we'll see if anybody else feels <laughs> that way because I title this one, What Could Have Been in Sports? And I knew it was a matter of time before you're you already cringing. Run sport. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a matter of time. Only a matter of time before you brought sports into this. Yeah. I bet you're so happy. I'm, I'm psyched. I might okay. take it longer than it has to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's get. I'm acting like I don't love sports. I do. It's just that I'm used to I'm over the things. Top. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you, and I love your. I enjoy your enthusiasm. So we'll get to it, and I support you in this. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, let's do the weekly Russia-Ukraine update. 
any good news, maybe, possibly? Uh, except for the Ukrainian flag flying over the Snake Island officially, mm-hmm. there has not mm-hmm. really been much good news for Ukraine. Right. Uh, Russia has officially taken over the Luhansk area of eastern Ukraine. As they continue to inch closer to both the cities of Odessa and Kiev. Now, as Russia moves from east to west, they have reached, in my opinion, in my analysis, a very important <laughs> decision point. And this, this is the decision point that Russian President Putin has to make. So does okay. Putin claim victory on the Luhansk and Donetsk regions, as he claimed was the original intent? Or does he continue west and make another attempt at Kiev? Well, what do you think is going to happen in your personal and professional My, opinion? Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've really got to get used to doing that when we do this. Because yeah. a lot of this is analysis and a lot of analysis is only opinion. It's yeah. It's a prediction of what you think will happen. Prediction of what I think will happen. But now, uh, so this is all because of what we have discussed for months, which is that Putin has never intended to just, quote-unquote, liberate those regions. Yeah. Uh, his ultimate goal... He just said that to make it more palatable for everyone, all the other countries and yes. areas around there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say his ultimate goal isn't even a complete takeover of just the country of Ukraine. Of course not. He's ready to bring the Soviet Union back to its previous standing in the world. So that means Moldova, Poland, Finland, Sweden, we can keep going down the list, uh, all mm-hmm. those countries. Now, for now, the West, Western Europe and the U.S. is staying out of the fight militarily. It's just sanctions right now uh, and sending weapons. But uh, all of that is just going to embolden Putin to move West into those countries that I just talked about. Now, yeah. the interesting thing is going to be if the moves by Sweden and Finland are going to speed up Putin's process. Okay, well then, let's just get right into that update. What is going on with Sweden and Finland's NATO approval? All right, so this week, it's been official that Finland and Sweden completed ascension talks at NATO headquarters in Brussels. Uh, Both countries formally confirmed their willingness and ability to meet the political, legal, and military obligations and commitments of NATO membership. Now, following the completion of the talks, the members of NATO signed the Ascension Protocols for Finland and Sweden, and those protocols are going to go to all NATO countries for official ratification. So how much longer do you anticipate the process being? Well, the, the process, which I, I do want to say, it's going to be one of the quickest in NATO history, but yeah. it is likely to take up to a year for completion. Oh my gosh! And so the reason, and I know people are probably thinking, what is going on? Just sign the papers and let's go. Uh, All 30 NATO members must approve a country's bid for it to be accepted into the alliance. That means all 30 countries must convene their national parliaments and approve the ascension. For right now, uh, Estonia is probably going to become the first country to ratify the NATO ascension. Uh, I love Estonia. Yeah, a wonderful country. Okay, uh, (laughs) Because we've been there and they were very nice people. We got a taxi ride with... Oh Someone my gosh! Back to where we, we were go going. Off on it was a awesome. I'm sorry. We always love go the off people on of Estonia. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, but the chairman of Foreign Affairs Committee of Estonia's uh, Parliament said yeah. that the country's parliament would convene this week, and we're at Thursday now, 
and that the debates and voting should be swift. So by the end of this week, we may know more. Are you worried at all that during this year-long process, Putin would attempt an invasion on one of those two countries? So, I mean, here's something you may have not heard me say before. Probably not. I honestly do not know. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't. I'm just... I'm I'm used to you having opinions. Uh, yeah, and uh, and I I try to do the research before you look through the the analyst lens, the analytic I, lens, and try to yeah. I really do. Gauge. And, yeah. And right now, I I don't really know how NATO would respond if yeah. he did go through with that. And I mean, really, he doesn't know how NATO's going to react to that. So they're not official yeah. NATO countries. So of course, we all know Russia, or at least Putin does not care about the sanctions. Yeah, thank you for amending that because yeah. it's yeah. Putin uh, who Russian doesn't people give a crap. Um, obviously do. Uh, yeah. But Putin does not. Although and... McDonald's is gone. Yes. <laughs> That's true. I do love a Russian McDonald's. But <laughs> the the sanctions are actually hitting western allies just as hard as it's hitting Russia. So it's having yeah. sort of a reverse effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a full military engagement I'm talking with NATO, would actually devastate Russia's military. It's going to devastate their economy. It's going to yeah. devastate their infrastructure. Putin is going to have to be assured that Belarus will be all in on supporting Russia. And then the biggest wild card is going to be what China would do in the event of a full European war. That's now, the scary part. <laughs> that is the, the scary part. And honestly, you know me, I've said China's just going to jump right in with Russia, but but they keep sort of waffling between do we do we support Russia or do we not? So yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep doing the research. I'm going to keep doing the analysis. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I have a better answer soon, and I know something. Okay, well, I'll hold you to that. Um, hopefully, we can understand what the future holds. Not that the power players will listen, just no. like in fa- February. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, they don't seem to care until it happens. So. So, let's continue the update train with the Brittany Griner story. Is there anything new in that situation? Well, obviously there is, or else we wouldn't be discussing it, so... <laughs> yeah, there's there's new, and then there's new, new. So, let's go first. Okay. okay. U.S. President Biden made the White House's first official contact with the family of Brittany Griner, and that was speaking to her wife on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then releasing that President Biden had read the letter that was sent from Brittany to the White House. Now, while this is the first public contact, there has been work, and we've discussed this before, for a yeah. while on negotiating her release. Um, however, despite these efforts, U.S. officials and people familiar with Griner's situation believe she will likely remain a prisoner of Russia for at least a few more months as Russia seeks maximum concessions from the U.S., what does Russia want for a WNBA player? <laughs> well, what they're holding out for, and what yeah. everybody thinks this is about, is a man named Victor Bout. He was a Russian citizen, or he is a Russian citizen, but he was convicted in 2011 of offering to sell weapons to U.S. federal agents posing as representatives of the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia. Oh, my. And Russia has been intent on securing his release for years, and has actually previously sought him in exchange for other detainees. Oh my. Do you know any more about him and why he's important to Russia? So he was a 
former military officer. He actually uh, retired as a lieutenant colonel. But he was trained in the Military Institute of Foreign Languages, and he's fluent in at least six languages. Obviously, English was one of those. Um, it's thought that Bout was of help to Russia's intelligence agencies, mm-hmm. uh, and he is alleged to have connections to ranking Russian officials, including former Deputy Prime Minister Igor Sushin. Uh, also, that language institute that he graduated from has been linked to the Russian intelligence agency, the GRU. Now, it's also thought that if you know, if, it, if anybody has seen the movie Lord of War with Nick Cage. Um, we know you have yeah, because uh, you I'll, love one of my favorites. Nick Cage. <laughs> well, loosely based on some of dealings with arms procurement and selling. And will he be released in exchange for Brittany? So it's believed that as early as May, the Biden administration offered to add Bout in a package exchange that would facilitate the release of Greiner. Uh, But it appears Russia is set on moving on with the trial to make a statement that, in their opinion, no one is above the law. And here is where I have a new new update. So today, this happened just today, and I haven't been able to research much on it. Okay. Uh, But Brittany Greiner pled guilty. To, oh. to the charges of possession, hoping for a, uh, a lenient a sentence. Lenient, yes, sort of yeah. leniency. Oh, that I, which, I can't imagine how scared that woman is right yes. now. Oh my gosh! And, and that's not going to happen. Um, of course not. They want to make an example of her. And they are going. Uh, and from what I have read, they are going to drag out the trial for sentencing as long as they can oh. to get as much from the United States as they possibly can. Oh my gosh, uh, that oh that well of course it doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with any any of her loved ones. Any yes. of her this this is this is gross. But in all's fair in love and war, I guess. Yeah. Well, I hope that the situation improves at least a little bit for her somehow. I, well, I don't they, even know how they are saying say. that she's she's been able to read, exercise, she's speaking fine, and has been eating uh, healthy. So. But who who the heck is saying that though? <laughs> that the, those officials, because from her, according to like the letters and the communication she's had with her wife, she's not doing that well. Well, that's so. coming from her lawyers, but those are Russian appointed lawyers. So take that with what what you will. Oh, so. oh I know what I'm taking with that. Nothing. Okay. Here are, here are our opinions. And here are our opinions. If you Here's, guys have differing opinions, please email us. We'd like or, to hear it. Or don't. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Let's head over to China and talk about that hacking incident. What do you have for us on that? All right. So um, hackers claim to have obtained a trove of data on 1 billion Chinese people from a Shanghai police database. Uh, this is a leak that could be one of the largest data breaches in history, global so, history. So who did this? Who is behind this? So the one hacker that they know of mm-hmm. goes by the handle China Dan. 
uh, but honestly, there is not much known about the person. Mm-hmm. So uh, China immediately stopped all public dialogue of the hack. They they banned the hashtags data leak or right. database breach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also, uh, their censors blocked exis- existing posts and even reportedly asked at least one possible influencer with a large social following to submit to questioning. So to come into the police station, um, seeing if this person may have the information. Bizarre. There's, there will certainly be a lot more to discuss on this as more of the word gets out, but I if will say... it does. You, well, so the New York Times, I will say the New York Times, the Washington Post, the major media players in the U.S. are doing mm-hmm. some good investigation on this. But um, they'll at, only be able to get some of the information if China's censoring everything. They, they, they will, but they could also possibly, if this hacker is outside of China... They could probably get the information on the hacker. Okay. We'll see. That's that's yet to be seen. If but they if they want to, you know, take the if they, they want take, all the influence and all the yeah. all the attention and all the yeah. Yep. So you know, New York Times has already been able to to verify at least some yeah. of the individuals uh, yeah. as Chinese citizens. So they've called them up, asked if that's who they are, if that's where they live. They confirmed it. So it is. <sighs> As far as the United States media is concerned, this reporting of at least the 750,000 individuals is factual. Holy moly. That's wild. Everybody does things for clout these days. Internet yes. fame. It's really and, and we'll get into that in the mass shooter Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, that's a very scary situation. Yes. Um, is there anything else going on in China? Well, I got the, it's like kind of China adjacent, Mm -hmm. but the head of the FBI and the leader of Britain's domestic intelligence agency, which is MI5, have delivered a joint address. Were they holding hands? I think so. They always do. Yeah, of course. Together. We're in this together, guys. for For the first time, they've raised alarm about the Chinese government and their espionage. Um, they're warning business leaders that Beijing is determined to steal their technology for competitive gain. Uh, MI5 claimed they have run seven times as many investigations into China as it had in four years. Wow. Can you explain what China's intent is in participating in this corporate espionage? Well, they want to gain access to proprietary information on emerging technologies. Uh, and that's going to be done at little to no cost. Yeah. So once they gain access to that information, they go to reverse engineering the technology, and then they provide it to the world at a substantially lower price tag. Now, that undercuts these companies, and it props up Chinese companies. Do other companies or countries participate in this sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, there's there are some shady companies from around the world that participate in corporate espionage, and that's... For the same reason, to gain upper hand in the markets. Yeah. Uh, but as far as having the backing of an entire government, that's few and far between. What would be the repercussions to the global economy if China goes unchecked and it is, is it a national security issue in your opinion? Well, first, it, uh, it could lead to a full <laughs> global economic collapse of the Western world. Which is what they want anyways. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that's going to destroy the economies of much of Europe and the Americas. Um, countries will then have to decide 
to do business solely with China or not have access to the needed goods and services. Uh, so that infrastructure would decline and there would be no option to improve those unless goods are imported from China. Mm. So much as we're seeing with the fuel crisis in Europe because of previous dependency on Russian fuel, China can send these countries into a far worse recession and it would be felt from top to bottom. So, yes, I do think it is a national security issue. Well, do you have any advice for businesses if they're listening? So, I mean, I think you know my main advice. Yeah. Either don't go to China or get banned from China. Like you did. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I know that's out of the realm of possibility because I think, I don't know a Fortune 500 company that does not have a presence in China. Yeah. So, I'm going to suggest <clears throat> for uh, training for business travelers on the do's and don'ts of traveling with company data in China. So if, if you're staying in the country for any period of time, you need to understand that your information will be taken. Yeah. You will be tracked during the entirety of the stay. So bring only public publicly accessible data. That means stuff that is already out on online or that other companies know about. Yeah, that you can easily access. Yes. With the you googly machine. <laughs> yeah. When you you googleize. When you googleize. Uh also, I would say to if you do have stuff that's proprietary, uh, make sure all that is hard copies, so paper, and and you keep that on you at all times. You do not leave it anywhere. Um, now, you don't have to be fearful or anxious the entire time. You just need to understand that these risks exist and take appropriate measures. Okay, well, I hope someone is listening. <laughs> well, uh, one more thing. So there are a few companies that do provide travel security training and briefings, and Oquin Analytics is one of them. But if you'd like to know more, please send an email, and I can get you a few options so that your company can find the right options at the right price. Well, thank you for inserting that company advertisement, <laughs> sir. Now, <laughs> Always promoting. Yeah, always promoting, much to my chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> It always makes me anxious. I don't know why. But let's move on to Iran. Um, <clears throat> did they or did they not arrest a British diplomat? Now, that's a great question. And um, in doing the research on this, it's a, it's an interesting answer. Because so okay. normally in this situation, uh, when you know diplomat, the diplomat's country will release the report that they were detained and the country accused of the detention will deny it. In this case, the opposite is true. What? What happened? <laughs> so this week, the Iranian state-run Fars news agency claimed that the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, or the IRGC, had identified and arrested diplomats from foreign embassies who were spying in Iran. Oh. One of the individuals mentioned was the UK's deputy ambassador, Giles Whitaker. They, now, Iran claimed he was captured on drone footage, along with others, sampling the soil in the uh, Shahdad Desert. Uh, mm -hmm. or, uh, and that's in central Iran, but that's a forbidden zone. You're not allowed to dig there. Sampling soil. Sampling soil. Iran is saying that they were trying to see if, uh, if there was any uh, radiation or nuclear residue. Oh, okay. I was like, what send... is the point of that? And, and it goes into the next thing, which is okay. uh, that their report, the news agency's report, was linked, has linked the incident to Israel because, of course, 
and they've mm-hmm. accused the Israelis of using nationals from various other countries who are linked to foreign embassies to investigate the possible military dimensions of Iran's nuclear program. And you said the UK denies he was detained. Yeah, so, like I said, weird. Uh, the yeah. UK actually said that Mr. Whitaker has been back in the country since December. Oh, that's... And the UK hmm. ambassador to Iran actually tweeted this out. said, these reports that our deputy ambassador is currently detained are very interesting. He actually left Iran last December at the end of his posting. Prove it. Prove it. <laughs> Show me pictures. <laughs> Show me didn't pictures. Happen. I hold up the newspaper from today. Right. And take a picture. Now, yeah. to, to add to the intrigue, mm-hmm. no one has been able to confirm the nationalities of the other individuals detained or if the detention even occurred. So this is more to creepy. follow on this, you know, tensions just continue to rise in that region. Everywhere, in every region. Yeah. That's very interesting. Hopefully, everybody is actually safe, and we yes. don't have an escalation of actions in the Middle East. Correct. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to yes. with you on that 100%. So, what do you have for us this week in our new U.S. extremism segment? Well, I, so for this week, I thought it would be prudent to discuss mass shootings in the U.S. And Yeah, we were trying to avoid this topic, yes. but it's... We want to discuss more pertinent than ever every day. Just it seems like there's a new one every day, every holiday, and yeah, Fourth of July this week. So, um, we I want to talk about why they seem to be increasing. Okay, what are the motives behind the actions? Clout. Well, here we go. (laughs) All right, this should be quite interesting. So, well, I hope it's informative as well. But um, let's get into the data first. So according to data from the Gun Violence Archive, there have been at least 314 mass shooting incidents in 2022. That's an average of about 1.7 per day. Well, there's also a lot of debate on what is considered a mass shooting. Yeah. uh, And that can either increase or decrease the number of official mass shootings. So I don't want to speak out of turn, but, you know, I think it's safe to say that according to you and I, any death is a tragedy. I think firing into a crowd, like if there's more than like two people around, it's a mass freaking shooting. And there are there are some some data you can find that says two or more or three yeah. or more. So yeah. I went with four or more with the okay. gun violence archive, um, and that still put it at one point seven per day. Holy moly! That's what. Uh, so gun violence archive says any shooting in which four or more people are shot, that's mm-hmm. excluding the shooter. So yeah. I like that as well. Well, I don't yeah. like it, but. When I'm when I'm running data, I like. To... I mean, obviously, that guy is probably going to get shot if he's trying right. to shoot other people. Like once the cops show up and everything, right? He's hopefully, hopefully. I feel oh. gross saying that. But I know, they, I but... mean, not because I don't think they deserve some sort of repercussions for their actions, but you know, I I, I say hopefully because it it quickens the action, right? If the end, get, the if ending can, of it. Yeah, it yeah, gets you to okay. the end. Yeah, so. Um, so I, I think that seems fair. It's a fair Mm -hmm. description of a mass shooting to me. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. (laughs) So what does this have to do with extremism? Very, very good question. Because what I found out in doing the research is, uh, that it has a lot to do that, uh, it actually has a lot to do with extremism. And, okay. and the fact that not all mass shootings fit into the same box 
um, it becomes difficult for authorities to track and or prevent these killings. Yeah. So I'm going to single out the latest shooting near Chicago. Uh, that's Highland Park. Yeah. And how two separate narratives have been pushed. And these differing narratives show just how difficult it can be to prevent these actions. Uh, because we as a nation, we seem to be focusing on the wrong thing. Well, now I'm even more interested. So give us the details, please. All right. Uh, so the killer, and I'm not going to name the killer. It's something because I stand screw by that, that I, guy. I do not do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, That's what he wants is the infamy. Exactly. And and in doing the research, I deleted the name in, in reading the research just so I don't slip up and say the name. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Because of what you said before. Yeah. Clout. Yeah. Um. So this killer appears to fall into a new category of extremism known simply as, and, and this is coming uh, from reading it with the FBI, the quote unquote mass shooter. Makes sense. Now, what's the mass shooter? He's a, a lone wolf type that becomes indoctrinated through physical isolation, mm -hmm. but increased social media activity. Okay. So these are individuals who do not fit into the specific boxes of white supremacy, yeah. radical Islamic, or anti-government militant. Well, can you explain that a little bit more? Sure. So it's why I think this particular case and why I wanted to highlight it and mm -hmm. why I think it's important in shifting the perception of mass shooting, at least in the United States. I'm not going to talk about um, other countries because uh, I haven't done the research yet. Like the one in Copenhagen? Correct. Was it Copenhagen? Yeah. It was in Denmark. Um, Somewhere in Denmark. Yes. At the mall? Yes. Yeah, okay. For a um, Harry Styles concert. Oh. Uh, so first, uh, on this show, mm -hmm. at least, we are not going to debate gun laws in the U.S. on this podcast. Yeah. We do this privately with each other. Yeah. And I think that's something that people should be doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's not something we do publicly. It's no one else's business. Amen. Okay. We're also not policymakers. And honestly, also true. <laughs> I think I, I'm going to say this too, and, and maybe people will, agree, will disagree with this. I think both sides make compelling arguments, and we yeah. could find middle ground somewhere. Yeah. There's my opinion. Uh, now, as soon as the information on this shooter came out, both sides of the political spectrum were quick to provide their narratives on the shooter. Of course. So, start with the right. Uh, the right claimed the shooter was somehow a trans activist hell-bent on killing people celebrating the birth of this country. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. That's just... That's... Seems far-fetched, right? Okay, yeah. So, how did they get to that point? All right. Now, I... I Pretty sure. And that, I'm not laughing because I actually think it's funny. This is just so uncomfortable. This well, whole thing. And, and Hopefully when any, our listeners know by now that I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> or when something is so outlandish that you yeah. just have to. It's more shock than anything else. Yes, I that's just, actually yeah. the better term is just shock to laughter. Yeah. Um, but if I remember correctly when, when reading through it, uh, there was a picture of the shooter going around you know, on right-wing social media of the person wearing a skirt, uh, which they later found out was photoshopped. Uh, they did that to the other shooter. Yes, right? they did the same the thing. other recent now, shooter. It okay. was later released by, by authorities that in order to hide his identity, he wore a dress and a wig to the location. Okay. So now we'll get to the left. So the left 
claims that the shooter was a Trump supporter due to a picture of him possibly protesting at a Trump rally. Now, let me let me say this first. Just because somebody voted for Donald Trump does not make them a mass shooter or a white supremacist. Um, yeah. Stop this, guys. We yeah. can have different political opinions and not be nasty to people. And this is somebody who... He did not vote for Trump. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, mm. I'm just... Yeah. So yeah, when you we look at have... him, if you look yeah. at this guy, he does not look like a temp- the typical far-right Trump supporter. Yeah. Uh, we both also don't judge a book by its cover, but if you look at the pictures of him, he did not seem like some Republican He looks standard. like he went to a My Chemical Romance concert yeah. or something. <laughs> or I actually, I don't know. He looked more scenester than that, I guess. Which... Not talking, not saying anything bad about people like that at all, at all. Well, I he don't think didn't... scenesters are going to be mad at you for saying they don't look like a Trump supporter, so... Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. I don't even know if scenesters exist anymore. I feel like that's an outdated term, and I apologize if it is. Email us if you do. Yeah, I am really out of the loop on that sort of thing. (laughs) So so what is your opinion on a more honest reflection of what was going on with this shooter? All right. um, So I I think you have a good idea what I'm about to say, because I say this all the time to you. Yeah. Yeah. We have a mental health crisis in the United States. Mm-hmm. That crisis has been exacerbated by social media and the dark web. And quarantine. And quarantine. Uh, I always so, call it quarantine. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and the lockdowns, which saved the lives of millions of yeah, elderly obviously. people, really affected the mental health of the younger generation. Mm-hmm. It really did. Yeah. And... Not uh, saying it wasn't warranted. The lockdowns weren't warranted. Exactly. They were, but it they, did affect people. But we have p- individuals that are dealing with trauma who are not able to find proper avenues to deal with that trauma. Or, even worse, they're being told it isn't trauma and to just deal with it. Yeah. So, those individuals are finding solace in these toxic online communities. Yeah. Now, social media is not a toxic online community. It can be used for good. It's a wealth of knowledge to be found on any number of social media outlets. They also allow for us to connect to like-minded individuals from across the world so that we don't Uh feel like we're the only person struggling with some of these problems. Yeah. But there is evil, and there are evil people who want to take advantage of hurt individuals for social, economic, and or political gain. Like manipulate them. Exactly. So what is your advice for listeners? So the first one, I think, is going to seem counterintuitive because of the increase of mass killings within crowds. But get outside. Get some vitamin D. Yes. Go do something with people you can see. People you can physically see. Interact with. (laughs) Yeah, interact with people. And, And the reason I say this is that most people can identify the intent of a person. Not everybody. But most people can identify the intent of a person they are speaking with face to face, you know, through body language and facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not all the time, but often we all get that gut feeling that something is off or mm-hmm. that someone is being genuine. And you can let that guide your activities. Now, it's very difficult to know first who you're communicating with on social media, and it's even less likely you're going to be able to, to judge their intent. So the other uh, advice I have is that. 
get involved in your communities. I'm not talking about just going protesting or being an activist. Those are great things. But be an advocate. Yeah. Help those that you see are struggling. And if you yourself are feeling the effects of a mental health crisis or trauma, reach out and get help. Find a trusted professional. Call the mental health crisis hotline. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Don't hesitate. Talk to people. Talk to people face to face. Get out in the sun, like Tiana said. Get some vitamin D. Get in the sun. <laughs> Do anything but doom scrolling online, please. But also, it can go the other way. Like, if you notice someone that you think is struggling, reach out. Don't just definitely ignore it and think it's somebody else's problem. You should try to reach out, especially if you care about the person. You know, people, a lot of times, it's hard for them to ask for help. And yes. if you just ask, if you just, you know, step a little bit out of your comfort zone and reach out, you know, that can make all the difference. How many times have we heard, I had no idea they were struggling with that? Yeah. Well, yeah. we didn't reach out. So please do. Yeah. Well, thank you for those solutions. And thank, thank you. you for me. <laughs> to me. Thank you to me. <laughs> Woo! With all that... Because I know we've been rambling for a while. Do we have time for this week's History's Mysteries? Oh, that's it. We, we no more actually, time for sport. No time for sport. Bye. I will just honestly kidding. say we don't really have time for it, but I do want to get into oh, it. Oh, just I know. We're going to go it. over the 30-minute the limit that I usually like to keep this to. Yeah, that's um, okay. But I thought these topics were very important. Yeah. Um, so I'll keep this very brief, all right? And Let's it's very it. interesting, very fun, especially as a force, as a sports fan. Okay, well, let's I hear know it. You're, you're itching to hear it. So, so well, this week... <laughs> get to it, dude. <laughs> just keep dragging it out. Uh, so our spy story revolves around elite Olympic athlete uh, David William Sim. He won the silver medal at the 1960 Rome Olympics. Now, Sim applied to the United States Military Academy at West Point because his dream was to become a pilot. Uh, but then he discovered he was colorblind. So he did the better thing and accepted a baseball scholarship to Duke University in Durham, North Carolina. Go Blue Devils. Go Blue Devils. Now, uh, Sim only played football collegiately for one year, but he was selected by the Detroit Lions in the 29th round of the 1959 draft. Wow. He did opt not to play football professionally because 29th round, that's far down there. Yeah. So he stayed at Duke and finished medical school. That's awesome. Now, during his Olympic career or uh, his track and field career, he held world records at 100 yards, 220 yards, and the 220-yard low hurdles. All right. So he was an elite athlete. What is his spy story? Okay. Here we go. Very interesting. Uh, Sim was recruited by the CIA to entice Ukrainian-Soviet long jumper Igor Tur Ovanyasyan. Okay, I'm sure yeah. that's... <laughs> um, it's totally wrong. Our Russian listeners will we be are angry so about a sorry. lot that's happening in this episode. But sorry, guys. the CIA wanted him to defect. This is because mm. Igor had won the bronze medal in Rome. Uh, and at that time, Sim approached the Soviet athlete with a CIA official in order to lure him to defect to the United States. And that would be a perceived success at defecting elite Soviet communists to the capitalistic United States. We were going through the Cold War at that time. Yeah. Now, ultimately, the attempt failed due to the fact that 
Igor felt uncomfortable around the CIA official, and we all do. We get it, Igor. <laughs> all those CIA officials that try to come up to us and get us to defect. So uncomfortable. Uh, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> now, had Sim been able to speak with Igor on an individual basis, I kind of think he would have been able to, to get him. Convince him, yeah. yeah. And who knows what would have happened. Would it have changed the trajectory of the Cold War? N- no. But researching, and I'm getting into the present day and sort of in the future. So I did research on the offspring of the two individuals. Now, it doesn't appear Igor's future kids made much of an impact in sports, at least. Not to say that sports is everything. Uh, But Sim's kids all went on to play sports in the U.S. collegiately. And his youngest daughter went to Stanford to play soccer and met one Ed McCaffrey. He was a Stanford football player went on to win three Super Bowls with the Niners and the Denver Broncos during his 13-year NFL career. Now, if you don't know the name Ed McCaffrey, don't worry. You might know his son, Christian McCaffrey, who many consider, when healthy, one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. He plays for the Carolina Panthers. He was drafted in the first round, and he's the grandson of Dave Sim, possibly the shortest tenured spy in the CIA. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you just wanted to rattle off this guy's stats. <laughs> I thought it was fascinating that he is the grandfather of Christian McCaffrey. So he's, he literally, what, he was considered a spy whenever he was trying to get that guy to defect? He was recruited by the CIA to, uh, to participate in espionage. Okay. And like uh, I said, in, yeah, okay. none of that was to say that sports is the end-all, be-all to living a great life. Uh, I just wondered... Nobody thought that. Yeah, well, I did. I wanted to tell myself like, that. Should I, should I have played football? <laughs> it just makes me wonder. You know, if Igor had defected and been yeah. heavily involved in at least collegiate sports in the United States, like Dave was, yeah, uh, he could have passed that on to his, grand, his kids and grandkids. You know, would their family have changed some of the history in sports as we know it? Now I see why how this all ties together. The great histories, mysteries. Great histories, mysteries. Well, I did make fun of you, but I still (laughs) appreciate you for sharing that. That was a lot more research than some of our histories, mysteries. And no, I don't like the Panthers, so. (laughs) Also, no one questioned that either, because I'm pretty (laughs) sure you've mentioned your... Your allegiances yes, to which teams, that. at least once or twice on here. Right. A few times. All right, I'm going to shut up now. Is there anything else for this week? Well, after that, I do know that now we are out of time, but I know that as we're speaking right now, Boris Johnson yep, is I resigning saw that. as I Prime saw Minister that. of the UK. So yeah. that happened as we're talking. So there's yeah. going to be more as I get to deep yeah. dive into the implications of that resignation. Well, as always, if you like this show, please try to tell at least one person about us. We can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. If you could, just take a few minutes and head over to Apple and Spotify Podcasts and give us a five-star review because those can help us get noticed by thousands of podcast listeners globally. And as always, if you would like in-depth coverage of these stories and more, please subscribe to our community at oakwindanalytics.com. Tiana, thank you so much. And until next week, stay safe out there.